In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, the secret to wealth and finances. That's not it. I'm just kidding. Uh, this is going to be about impromptu open discussion about how to approach tough conversations. I think it's important to do so. Oh, you're grimacing. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. Marriage, it is I, humble servant, the Q, digging it down in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Jeannie, well, say that- <laughs> Beat you to it. <laughs> we, do, we do this all the time. You want to open this show? Go ahead. Nope. <laughs> now wait for the freaking Q. We got a business to run here. Shut up. Get to it. Let's go. Yeah, shut your mouth. <laughs> um, yeah, so my lovely wife, Jeannie. Jeannie, say hello to anybody, everybody, whoever. Hi, everybody, anybody, whoever. Perfect. That worked out well. I try. I try. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are going to talk about difficult conversations. We've had an episode on being triggered which I haven't gotten any hate mail over it yet, which is cool. But you grimaced. Why did you grimace when when we when I said what we're going to talk about? Because I don't like hard talks. <laughs> we're not going to have one. We're just going to talk about how to approach them. But if you don't like them, then that kind of that kind of spills over. Nobody likes them. I do. You're nuts. I don't like them because. It's all, there's always an anticipation or an anxiety built up to having the conversation. Well, they're uncomfortable, but I like them because it means that we are going to take the opportunity to better understand each other. We might grow through the process. I didn't say they were a bad thing. I just said I didn't like them. I'm not trying to talk you into liking them. You won't. You said nobody likes them, and I said I do. It's uncomfortable. It's It's yucky. And I, I do, yucky's not a manly word, so I take that back. But I I like it because what I don't like is kind of the residue of having issues going on. I don't like that to be between me and somebody that I care about. I And that could be a problem. That could be a... That could be a deeper issue for me because I, you know, maybe I feel like everybody has to accept me. I want everybody to like me. But as far as our relationship goes, when it's time to have one, it's very uncomfortable. But I like having it because we do learn more about each other and it actually brings us closer. Maybe not when we're fighting, maybe not when we're arguing, maybe not at the onset, but we've had really difficult conversations that last for hours and then as a result our connection is better well i'm not saying they're a bad thing i'm saying like for me it's an anxiety thing working up to it because we're better about it now 
but when we first started having them, every time we had to have a hard talk, it was like, oh, God, is this going to turn into an argument? Are we going to scream at each other? Is it, like, because I had previous arguments to base my fear on in an anticipation of are, are we finally getting better about this? Is this going to be a different kind of conversation? Are those old things going to come up? I'm better about it now. But when you said we're going to have an open discussion about how to have hard talks, I'm thinking the people that we've been coaching with and talking with, I'm thinking, oh, to be in that beginning stage again going through this is just not comfortable. And I remember what it felt like, and it sucked. Well, it's true, and it sometimes it still sucks now. But what they have that we didn't necessarily have, we had Coach Rita, but what they have is they have a catalog of work from us that says this is how you do it and this is how you can get better at it. And uh, every talk doesn't have to be a tough conversation, but maybe there are some conversations you are holding back and not having with your spouse or your friend or someone. And I'm here to tell you that you do not want to let that kind of that kind of residue remain in you. It's like it's like having a cup full of motor oil and you pour it out and then you put coffee in it, but you didn't clean out the oh, residue wow. of the oil. So there's a film of that. So it's going to obviously affect your coffee. And there's a there is a famous gosh man, I need to go back and watch this. There's a famous video that is so good. It's from Jim Rohn called Watch Your Coffee. And I didn't even think about it until now. And I'll and I'm gonna tell you a little bit about it and how it kind of relates to your relationship. Bit of a rabbit trail, but I'll bring it back somehow. Don't worry. So he he talked to a, a group of kids. He's a very popular public speaker, somebody that Ed Milet, you know, admires and aspires to be like. And he was talking to a little bit of a, a group of little kids, and he goes, "This will tell you how old the conversation was." He goes, "Hey, what if I had my worst enemy put some sugar in my coffee? What would happen?" And the kids are happy to answer. They're like, "Oh, it would be sweet." And he goes, "Yeah, you're right. It'd be sweet." He goes, what if my best friend put a small drop of strychnine in my coffee? And that's It's poison from back in the day. Yeah. You know? And they're like, oh, no. You know, it would, it would uh, make, make you sick. It could, it could kill you. He goes, yeah, but that's, that's my best friend. They, they might mean the right thing, and, they're, and maybe they're doing it by mistake or something like that. And they're like, yeah, but it's poison. So you can't, you can't let, don't let them put it in there, even if it's on accident. And uh, he goes, he goes to, he articulates it so well to say, hey, watch your coffee. Who are you allowing to add things into your coffee? Because your worst enemy could have the worst intentions, but they could be putting something good in your coffee. Your best friend or your, your spouse could be, have, it could have the best intentions, but they're putting the wrong thing in their coffee. It can affect you adversely. Mm -hmm. So each day... I put these videos together like we would do them with meetings at work. And this particular branch that I went to, they were not the video type of branch. And they wanted to revolt against me. But Quincy Moran is very thick-headed and says, I don't care. We're going to watch it anyway. Um, 
But we used to walk around and use that language. Hey, watch your coffee. Watch your coffee. You're responsible for what goes in your coffee. Mm-hmm. And in, in that very frame of mind, you're responsible to clean your coffee cup and to prepare it for the next cup of coffee. Now, mm-hmm. people can get really touchy and say, oh, I, you know, I marinate my cup of coffee. Um, I never wash my coffee cup. I just keep putting it. No, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. But take from it the concept of if your coffee cup was full of dish soap, would you just pour it out and then put coffee in it? Or would you rinse it and make sure it's clean? Mm-hmm. If your kids are using it to dye Easter eggs and they got that vinegar crap in there with the color, would you just dump it out and put your coffee in it? Or would you clean it for the next cup? And that's kind of what we're talking about here is just like Jeannie said, she's she is giving you her mindset. What's the first thing you think about when you're talking about a tough conversation? Usually it's from the past and it's a bad memory. And you don't have to associate hard talks or tough conversations with the past and bad memories because right now, if you agree to it, you're both going to go into this with a heart to resolve it. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of a conversation I was just having with one of my daughters. She was talking to me about her relationship and a, a tough conversation that's coming up. And she goes, well, I think it's going to end up this particular way. I said, let me, let me just give you a piece of advice. Actually go into it with an open heart, with like an open heart and an open mind and have the conversation without a predetermined end because that will allow him an opportunity to grow and develop in the conversation, and that will allow you to grow and develop in the conversation so you guys might grow together. So what could the relationship become? Mm -hmm. You know, there is a side of this where it's like, okay, maybe, maybe it has to change forever or for right now. But how can you go into these conversations without a pre-discussion in your head? Well, I know, like I know my my wife, this is how she thinks, and this is what she's going to say. Um, similar to when Rita said, hey, we need to bring Quincy in, mm-hmm. you know, talk no, about thinking that talk about that a little bit and, and how that went. Oh, I assumed you wouldn't want to go. So I just told her, you know, it's pointless. He's not going to want to come up. He's not going to want to come. It's not going to matter. And she's like, well, just ask him anyway. And when I did, he was like, yeah, if you want me to be there, I'll be there. And it was just it was the exact opposite of what I thought it was going to be. But it worked out. Yeah. And I think all too often now, sometimes you might be right, but all too often we have a preconceived idea. We have a determined outcome of how a conversation is going to take place. And the, the, the biggest problem with that is that you don't allow for the other person to grow through that. So you will, what you'll do if you go in with a particular outcome in mind, then you're going to have what's called confirmation bias. You'll hear something, and, and your spouse might mean something different, but when you hear it, in your mind you're going, yep, I knew it. Yep, I knew it. Yep, I knew that was going to happen too. Yep, yep, yep. And you're, like your spouse could be saying something completely different, but because you're pegged on a particular outcome, 
you're going to figure that out. Man versus marriage. It is me, Quincy Moran, your humble servant, and I'm here to talk to you about what's going to go on in 2024. We will be doing marriage panels this year. And if you would like the opportunity to interview for the show, email me, Quincy at MVSMPodcast.com, and let's talk about it. We are going to bring you some guests this year. But as a part of that, we want our listeners to be on the show to see how we can help and what we can learn from you. All right, boys and girls, that's all for now. Now back to the podcast. So what you will do is you will look at your predetermined outcome, and then you will navigate the conversation in the direction so that it becomes that outcome. And your spouse could legitimately be trying to concede or better understand what it is you want to do, but you've, A, you've already had the conversation in your head. You've already determined where it's going to go because you know exactly what your spouse is going to do better than they do. And then you become combative. You set yourself up for disappointment. And the conversation is not productive. You have just confirmed that it was going to go a certain way. But the fact is, you determined that before the conversation happened. And it reminds me of something that, um, like, Bill would say during church. He's like, if you continually say, oh, I'm going to have cancer, I'm going to have cancer, I'm going to have cancer, or I'm going to have this, or I'm going to do that, or, and you continually say those things, at some point you will have what it is you say. Mm-hmm. And it's because you are leading yourself down a path to a predetermined outcome. Now, you can use that for your good. But you can also use it to destroy yourself and your relationship. So how... Law of attraction. Yeah, yeah, true. And, it, I mean, I look at it at, at it as a biblical truth, but it is present in the law of attraction. It's there. It It is you have what you say. Mm-hmm. Because if you continually tell yourself... That like what like we've told our daughter, if you continually tell yourself you're not fast enough, guess what? You're not going to be fast enough. If the world's strongest man goes into competition and he's competing and he tells himself there's no way I can lift that stone, guess what? He's not lifting that stone. It won't happen because your mind is such a powerful tool over your body. And it's it's this kind of Reevaluate how you go in to these uncomfortable conversations. Because I'm calling them tough. We call them hard talks. It's simply uncomfortable. And the fact is, is that there are two levels of discomfort. And come to the understanding, you're going to be uncomfortable either way. One path leads to resolution. One path leads to suffering. So... If you delay these conversations and you sit there and like you stew on them or you marinate in them, in them, then you are in some sort of disappointment. Like you, it's pain. So you take two or three or four days to stew over it, like we've talked about. Well, that's that's discomfort, is it not? Mm-hmm. If you address it, you know, in the moment, there there's a timing is everything. But there's a time where you can actually address a situation and that discomfort lasts 
it's a, it's a shorter amount of time. But we would rather suffer there in silence because we're afraid of being uncomfortable. But you're already uncomfortable. Yeah. Because you're not having these conversations. And I'm not I'm not giving you the license spouse. I'm not giving you the license to just go and attack your spouse and have I'll talk to the guys. I'm not giving you the license to go and have every single uncomfortable conversation at one time. Not if you want to sleep. Right before date <laughs> night. No, no. Right before shower time. Right before the kid's birthday party. Um, or a weekend away. Don't right before it. a weekend away. Those are not the right time. How do I know that? Because I've done that. And it does. It, it's not productive. Now, as you get on into the trip, maybe you have a long drive, and there's some things that you can talk about that kind of come up or become a part of. And one of those drives that Jeannie and I had, we had misconceptions. It was an uncomfortable discussion. We had misconceptions about one another and, and sex in our relationship. And it was the oddest thing because we felt like we already knew. We had a predetermined outcome based on a false idea of how well we thought we knew each other. This was at what, like 12 or 15 years in or when was it? Yeah, I would say it was probably about 15, 16 years. Yeah. And so here we are standing around having a like a genie moment. Like, yeah, we can call him into to counsel or, you know, into this marriage coaching, this whatever this program is, but he's not going to do it. What does that say about your mindset? It kind of speaks to your mindset, not you in particular, but us. What's the use of trying? It's not going to make any difference. It's not going to happen. It will not come to pass. And then when she brings it to me, it's like, yeah, I'll go. So how many things are you missing out on in your life because you're taking this particular attitude that you already have a preconceived idea how things will work out? Sometimes you are going to be right. It happens. Sometimes you'll be right. But what what are you risking if you try it anyway? You're risking being right and disappointed, or you're risking discovering something about your relationship that you can reconcile. Talk to me if I'm just rambling. No, you're right. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm thinking back of like where we were and when it happened. It's not so much that way anymore. I grimaced because I was thinking about people that we know that are currently in that place where they have to have these like first time hard talks, which is where we were. And it was just kind of like at the time that I was going to counseling before we brought you in, you and I were not communicating well at all. So I had already made up my mind that you weren't going to show this. This is, there's no way he's not going to do this. He's not going to see a counselor. Plus the, the last time we had gone to a counselor, the person told you to your face, you were an idiot for thinking what you thought about me leaving my family and going to Alabama and No, he he didn't call he, me an idiot. He asked me a question. Are you stupid? Well, in a roundabout fashion that's calling you an idiot. But we'll just leave that there. Yeah, yeah. But <clears throat> you know what I did is I'd cleaned out the coffee cup. And how did I even know to clean out? I I did it without knowing it because we had had different experiences. Like I wasn't holding We'd actually had counseling twice 
Um, once before we got married, when my friends, like my friends were kind of interfering in our relationship and I wasn't truly aware of it because they would only come to you. And so we went and there again, uh, you know, I was like, well, all she needs to do all. And he's like, no, they're your friends. All you need to do. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, that makes sense. And my question then was, but how do I know if she's not going to tell me about it? And so it's like, okay, bring it to me and I'll address it. I ended up having to do that with my family. We were getting married. But look at that. Some of those things, let's use this as as an example. And I I could have really benefited from this mindset before we got married. I was too afraid to ask my mother if she wanted her name and my dad's name on the invitation because they were divorced. I didn't want to put her in that position to feel uncomfortable. So it's like, I can't ask her that because I know how, I know how, you know, that relationship, I know how hurt she was. So I'm, I'm just not even, I'm not going to put her through that. That was my mindset. When really all I needed to do is say, mom, we're making the invitations. Are you okay with yours and dad's name being on there together? You know what she would have said? Yeah, of course. (laughs) But I didn't have the tough conversation. So the invitations came out, and she was devastated because her name wasn't on there, and I'm her son. It hurt her deeply because I was too afraid to ask that question. I was trying to protect my mom, and all I did was hurt her unintentionally. Mm -hmm. I'm dripping strychnine in her coffee unintentionally. And that is kind of what, that is very relevant because you might be doing that to your spouse. You might be trying to protect your spouse by not having a conversation. Where in reality, you're not allowing your spouse the opportunity to grow in your relationship. Sometimes these conversations go really bad, okay? I'll be the first to admit. Sometimes they just go really bad. But how do you, like, if I'm asking you, honey, because that's what kind of the, I'm, I'm working here to compel our listeners to kind of change, give them a why change message, why it's worth risking this. Please don't do a one and done, even if you fail. But how, how does a guy approach his wife? And it, I know I'm putting you on the spot. It's an open discussion. But how does a guy approach his wife or, you know, when it is time to talk about something difficult? What is a better time? Because if I say to you, hey, I really, I've got some things I want to talk to you about tomorrow. Um, so can we talk? D- does your brain go into, oh, what did I do mode? And then you kind of freak yeah, out. So kinda, what is that? It kind of does. But it's also, um, well, we have a different way of doing things now instead of saying, you know, I've got some things I want to talk to you about, you and I will set a, you know what, we, we need to do a check-in. Um, so can we plan to go out tomorrow and go get coffee or something so we can check in? And we use that time to say, okay, we this is what's going on. This is where I'm, because a check-in for us is where are you at? Mm-hmm. What's going on with you? And we go through different things in our life, like, uh, our last one, my book is very prevalent in what I'm doing and uh, my goals right now. So that's what we focused on was this is the aha I'm having with this situation. 
Um, we've had a couple where we've had check-ins and it's been, you know, we talked about this the other day and it just didn't sit right with me. And so I didn't really talk, I didn't want to talk about it in front of the kids. And then we have our conversation, <clears throat> um, in the past and sometimes even now, if we have to have a conversation that could get heated, um, it's usually prefaced with, I'm going to say this ugly because I, I'm not sure how to say it. And it just kind of forewarns us that this could sound really crappy. So bear with me. <laughs> Let me get it out. And then we go through the process of what did I say? What did you hear? Mm -hmm. um, in the beginning, we weren't so smart. So if y'all are listening to this, be smart. Listen to the tools that we're using because we didn't have them in the beginning. We gradually began to uh, add to our toolbox, so to say. Yeah. Because um, originally it was Rita would tell us, on this day, at this time, this is when we have our airing out the grievances. And that's what we called our hard talks. That, I think, it went well in the beginning, but it was also more difficult because we knew that on this day when we met at this time, we were going to talk. And I, I didn't take it. I think it's all in verbiage. To be honest with you, I think it's all in verbiage and timing because um, I was always anticipating what's that conversation going to be like? What's that going to... And now we're at a place where it's like, hey, we need to have a check-in. And it's not even, I don't feel like, oh, God, what are we going to talk about? Because it's a check-in. It's just a casual, hey, what's going on? This is where I'm at. And sometimes it turns into, you know, I'm really struggling with this. This keeps coming up, and I'm getting really frustrated with it. And I really need us to talk this through. So it's, I guess for, for us, um, rather than it being, Hey, we need it. Now there are times when we do have to have a hard talk or, or something comes up and it's like, okay, we need to figure this out right now. Yeah. And, um, this is not a, this is not lineal for every situation. No, this no. is like, this is like, uh, basic relationship stuff. If there's an emergency or something you need to address immediately, that's, we're not referring to that. Or like the other night, the one that we were talking about in the previous episode where it was, you know, we were frustrated over something and a silent expectation. And it, we needed to get that one done right away because there was a rub there. We, we were not doing okay. And we, both of us were kind of like, this is off. And I don't like off. Well, I, let me tell you that originally I had decided that I would wait to the check-in. So that I didn't drag, like I didn't drag myself through this. I didn't, I wasn't, I wouldn't think over it and stew over it. It's like, sometimes there can be a lot of freedom and I'm just going to address this at the check-in. Like mm -hmm. you might be able to pause it. When you engaged me over it, I was like, why not now? Why not now? Well, see, and that, that's the thing. There, there are times where, um, if it's something that you, you just, I can't move past my day knowing that there's something there. And I, especially for me, if I know that you and I have a connection point planned and we have this thing that's kind of hanging in the air, that connection ain't going to happen. It's, it's going to be absolute crap. And I know it because we're not going to be all in. Yeah. And you got to wash and, the mug out. You got to, I gotta, that. I gotta get past that, figure out what this is and get it cleared out of the way because I'm not willing to sacrifice connection time. Yeah. I, you, especially with um, all the other things that we have going on in life and all of the things that we are learning, connection between you and me is the foundation. 
And if we're not 100% all in, then my foundation is kind of cracked for a little while until we get it figured out. I don't like that. I don't like being off balance. Um, but again, we, depending on the conversation, I mean, if it's something that can hold off and it's not like an immediate, um, we, we need to deal with this right in the moment, holding off till check-in is a good way to go. Um, because to me, a check-in is a disarmed environment. Correct. We go into it disarmed. We know we're going into it disarmed. And if there's something that has to be said that, um, might be hurtful or might be taken personal, we preface it, you know, I, something's bugging me and I, I need to get off my chest, but I, I'm going to probably say it ugly because I'm just not sure. Yeah. And, and if you're not you know. familiar, I'll just jump in right there real quick. If you're not re- familiar with the say it ugly principle, this is something Jeannie and I developed years ago where I'm from the South. I'm from Alabama. And sometimes you say things that are ugly or you have an ugly attitude or I don't mean to be, be ugly. ugly. <laughs> But I was really uncomfortable talking about something, and I said, you know, I just had to be forthcoming and say, I'm very uncomfortable about this, so I'm going to say it ugly, and then and then I'll do my best to clean it up. And it was amazing how that moment, I felt the freedom to share it. It did not, the conversation did not turn out how I had predetermined it might, and it was over sex, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I said, man, what a principle. And so I kind of, I don't remember how I came to you, but it's like, let's use this. If we're uncomfortable, of course, we took it to the show. And it's like, if you are not comfortable saying something, make make this agreement with your spouse. And it it doesn't give you the license to be disrespectful and an a-hole. But what it does do is it allows you to say, hey, I need to say it ugly. Then what does that mean? You don't got take it personal. I'm not. I'm not saying this as a way to piss you off or take a jab. I, I'm. I'm genuinely trying to say this and tell you how I feel without being an a hole about it. I'm. I'm trying to say this, and I, I need you to hear what I'm saying. And it gives you the opportunity to kind of bounce back and forth on. Um, okay, so what did you hear me say? And when it comes back, cause you can tell by your spouse's response, if they, if they zing back, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. what did you, wait, 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 <laughs> what did you hear? Or if, if you've prefaced with, I'm going to say this ugly, a, it tells me you're uncomfortable. Yes. You really don't want to say this to me, whatever it is, you're having a hard time getting it out. So my automatic is to say, okay, let him say everything he needs to say. Don't take it personal. He's not aiming at me. He's talking to me, which is the difference. And so um, it helps me to kind of disarm myself for a minute and let you air it all out. And then I can come back and say, okay, is this what you're trying to tell me? Because I'm kind of, this is what I'm hearing. Mm -hmm. And it just, it changes the conversation. It makes it a lot easier to get through. Um, We don't use it all the time. But it is, I mean, even in talking about our children, I'll tell them, okay, this is going to sound ugly. Just, I'm not being mean. This is just the only words I can think of to describe the situation. Yeah, and to put it in simple terms, you're there for diplomacy, not for combat. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of, you're letting your guard down. You're willingly coming to talk about something. And then you say, you might say something that's very 
uncomfortable. I mean, you might even you might even feel ashamed to talk about it. But that's where you that's where you have a relationship built upon the principles of trust and that your spouse is not going to take something there and use it against you during another conversation. And those are things that you learn and you grow through when you're intentional about your relationship because you set these terms up together. You set the boundaries up together. And so, you know, that that's something that I I really truly encourage you. We're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna bring to you over the course of the coming year our newest our newest levels of communication and what that looks like, how to start it, how to engage in it based on an additional five years of experience. So we had 10 years going into the podcast. Now we have an additional five. So a a combined over 15 years of experience where we've taken these principles some of these principles Coach Rita didn't give us. We developed them mm-hmm. because we were intentional. It's like, well, here's a gap in our relationship. So how can we fill the gap? And so we put them together, and all that she gave us, and that that's my that is my hope and prayer for you listening to this, that you would take what we've learned, just like we took from Coach Rita, adapt it to our relationship. So that your relationship, your relationship becomes something that you're extremely intentional about and you feel deeply connected to it. And then where there are other gaps, because you have your own experience in your relationship, you develop other tools that help you close the gaps. Because that, in turn, you can share those with us. We can share them with the audience. And now what you've created in your experience helps marriages legitimately around the world because this podcast goes around the world now. So you actually have a part to play, a very important part to play in this podcast as you listen to it, as you set up things with your spouse, as you implement some of these things. Your experiences matter to the audience. If you haven't listened to listener email episodes after this is over go find some because those guys that are sending in messages they the guys don't always like what i have to say <laughs> which is understandable oh yeah but nobody likes to be told what to do but and i, I don't necessarily or tell you're wrong <laughs> yeah i don't i don't necessarily take that approach i kind of you know i ask the question so that you can come to a determination and then now it's up to you to move forward. But understand that you, the listener, I don't know if you know how important you are to the show and to the thousands of people that listen to the show. Your experience, your victory, your struggle could be something that helps set someone else free on this planet. It it is that important. And Jeannie and I are here to facilitate you as the list. We are facilitating you um 
in, in helping you to build your relationship. It's vitally important that you become intentional about it. But then the way that you pay us back is, number one, implementing and improving your relationship, dedicating yourself as a husband or a wife, and then tell us your story so that we can tell other people and their lives can be affected. People's stories in other countries. We're in the United States of America, but people from around the globe are benefiting from listener emails. People in Australia are benefiting from people's story in Trinidad. People in Canada are benefiting from people's story in the U.K. People in Mexico are benefiting from people's stories in the United States of America. In Egypt, in Saudi Arabia, in Ireland, in Scotland, and so on and so forth. So you have a part to play in this. You are the ripple effect. You matter in this group. And we want to hear from you. We want to hear how it goes when you approach your wife or you approach your husband. You say, hey, I've got some things I want to talk to you about. I'm nervous about it. But could we set some time aside on this day so that we can go and have a discussion? And you can even bring it forward, you know, say, hey, I'm listening to this podcast. And this principle helped their relationship. And look, these these are crazy people. They've been married going on 25 years, but they have eight kids. They're crazy. Three of their kids have autism. They've been through crazy stuff. And our marriage, our marriage is good, but I I want to go, I want to just nudge us along to great. And this is a principle that helped them. Would you be willing to to listen to this and then we could make something of our own? And that to me is somewhat disarming to say, hey, this is working for them. Maybe it'll work for, for us and we can connect more deeply. We could have better sex. You can feel romanced. You can feel like you are, yeah, Fisma. <laughs> you can feel like you matter more. You can feel more loved. You can feel X, Y, or Z. We can have better. We can have better X, Y, Z. So that's where these principles come into play for you, the listener. But you need to go do them. Get off. Ooh, I almost said said a naughty word. Hmm. I probably should have. Get off your telephone. Get off the computer and get into your relationship again. Get off of, I mean, there's a certain amount of time that's positive for Facebook or Instagram or TikTok. But get invested in your relationship again. Go have these meaningful discussions, whether they're tough or they're exciting. Embrace your relationship. Lead your marriage, lead your family. In turn, you'll lead your community by your example. I'm not giving you advice that I don't live. True. That's a fact. True. And I'm I have I'm I hold this belief very deeply. 
that the best advice I can give you is to be the example. And that is what I'm doing. And that is what I'm challenging each and every man listening to this right now to do the same. Enough with the excuses. Enough being the victim that your wife is doing this or that and this is why you can't do it. No. That crap is over. Stand up and move forward in your relationship and start to resolve these issues, things that you have caused and things maybe you have not caused. Be the example for your family. Be a man of your word. Follow through. If you know what's right, do it. If you screw up, apologize. And live and love and forgive on purpose and work hard at it every single day of your life. And tomorrow, take one step farther. Be a little bit better tomorrow than you are today. Understand that you matter to your family. You matter to your family more than you know. And they do want you to be the hero, and you can. So get after it and go get it done. And if you need support, Jeannie and I are here to help you with that. We are here as a support mechanism, as an outlet. We will keep your information private, and we will coach you through it. You can have the marriage and the life that you want if you are willing. And are you willing to do that? Wow. I don't know. That just kind of come. That came up inside of me, and I had to share it. That's not normally. That's not normally what I do on this show, but that's what happened. So, I love you guys. This is Man versus Marriage, the podcast. <laughs>